Hey friends, I know how busy this time of the year is. And as much as I love home-cooked meals, sometimes there is just not enough time. But I have good news for you. Factor offers delicious, ready-to-eat meals, which can make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. There are two-minute meals, so you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They have snacks and smoothies and more. There's a wide variety of options and 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that will help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So head over to factormeals.com forward slash swanson50 and use code swanson50 to get, you guessed it, 50% off. That's code Swanson50 over at factormeals.com forward slash Swanson50, and you're going to get 50% off. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Yay for that. I'll be linking over in show notes as well, but go check it out and tell me how you enjoy your Factor meals. Christian Parenting. Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Conversation, communication, and mutuality. Those are the three things that I think are so important. Conversation about the subject, communication about your needs, and mutuality in in realizing that this is not just for him. This is for both of us. This is my needs and his needs, my desires and his desires, my pleasure and his pleasure. This is for us to connect. Aloha, friends, and welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. I'm so glad you're here with me as we are tackling a topic we have never talked about here. And yes, I'm blushing already. We are talking about something that I believe is so relevant to raising boys, because if you're raising kids, then one of the most important things you can do is tend to your marriage. And to tend to your marriage well, today's topic is super relevant. So with Valentine's Day coming up in less than a week, this just seemed like a great time to share this interview. I tried to let our guest, Deborah Folletta, do most of the talking. She is the expert. She's awesome. She's smart and savvy and so much fun to talk to. If you haven't checked out her podcast yet, we're going to link to that and I think you'll get a lot out of that. Today's topic is just one of the things she covers in her podcast, but she's just a super cool person who I think handles this topic so well. So I'm really excited to share this with you, and I do hope it gets you thinking, talking, moving towards your spouse as Valentine's Day is just one of the many days we can move closer and celebrate the love that God's given us. If you didn't already guess from the title, this is an adult conversation. 
So if you have little ones who typically listen in with you, you might want to stick your earbuds in or save this for a time that you're alone. Of course, there's nothing that we're going to talk about that I wouldn't want kids to hear at the right time, but I'd rather you make that call. And so uh, just know that this is an adult to adult conversation. And now I'm excited to share it with you. So without further ado, let's dive in and listen to Deborah Folletta and I talk about intimacy and marriage and how we can make that as good as possible. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Deborah, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited about this conversation. And you are a boy mom as well as a girl mom. So before we jump in, can you just tell everyone about yourself and your family and what you do? Yeah, it's funny when you say I'm a boy mom, I'm like, she's right. It just happens so fast. (laughs) Like sometimes I forget. I have an 11 year old daughter. And then I have three boys, uh, a nine-year-old, a five-year-old, and a nine-month-old. My husband and I have been married for 15 years. And let me just start with the caution. Um, (laughs) This nine-month-old was a complete surprise. (laughs) And I blame it on the writing of this book that we're about to talk about. I mean, my husband and I had to get practice in. You can't just write about something you haven't researched. And literally, literally, complete shock, surprise. Like this this baby that is a part of our life today, um, God's little blessing was was quite a surprise for us. Oh, that is so funny. Okay, that's great. Okay, tell tell us tell us um, maybe about you know some of the books you've written and what you do online. Yeah, I've had yeah. so much fun just exploring all of your um, all of your things and catching up on all your podcast episodes. So I can't wait to share that with everyone. But you tell us. Yeah, so I have been in the ministry world for about eight years. I'm a licensed professional counselor by trade. So that's what I do for a living. I'm a counselor. I work with all kinds of people, addictions, marriage, relationships, depression, anxiety, you name it. But um, about eight years ago, I just felt specifically led to focus on relationships. And Mm -hmm. at the time, the theme for me was I really felt like God said, if you want healthy marriages, you have to start with healthy singles. Mm -hmm. And so I started writing books and articles for singles. um, and, And that kind of evolved into writing about dating, writing about engagement, writing about marriage, writing about sex writing about mental and emotional health, because Mm -hmm. the the main theme of everything I do is that healthy people make healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. And so when we pour into our own personal health, it begins to impact the health of our relationships. So when you go to my Instagram or my website for relationship advice or my podcast, that's going to be the theme, you know, Mm -hmm. getting healthy, standing alone. And how does that overflow into our relationships? Mm, I love that so much. And I couldn't agree more. And I talk about that in parenting as well, which I'm sure you agree with healthy parents, healthy parents make healthy kids. And there's, there's just so much there to taking care of yourself and tuning into all the signals. If something's off, I've just really loved, I I could take this conversation into so many directions because I have been catching up on your podcast and I, I love, can you name some of the books you've written? And yeah, absolutely. More about those. 
Um, True Love Dates is a book for singles about uh, finding and and maintaining a healthy dating relationship. It it causes you to kind of look back at where you've come from, dating Mm -hmm. inward, outward, and upward. Um, I've written a book called Choosing Marriage, which is kind of the... um, the everything I would tell you in marriage counseling packed in a book. Mm, I've written awesome. a book called love in every season, which is taking the analogy of the four seasons, spring, summer, fall, and winter as the backdrop to the analogy of a healthy relationship. I have a book called, are you really okay? Which mm. is about assessing our mental and emotional health as Christians and not just pretending we're okay because mm. we've come to Jesus. There's work that needs to be done. And then my latest book co-authored with Gary Thomas is called Married Sex. And it's a look into intimacy. I mean, the title says it all, but it's a look into intimacy in marriage. Yeah. So I'm just going to say right now that I'm going to be blushing through this whole conversation. This isn't typically where the Boy Mom podcast goes. And so I was like, how am I going to do this? Um, I don't think my college boys usually listen to the podcast, but I was like, I'm going to just make her do all the talking. <laughs> listen, I, I mean, the it. fact that we're, we're boy moms, we clearly yeah. have some experience with this area, <laughs> right? right? Right. Well, and I love listening to your podcast because you are clearly so comfortable just talking about this stuff. And I'm like, wow, I admire that. So did that take It didn't some time? start there. Yeah, it didn't start okay, there. Okay. Okay. You know, I actually come from a back a pretty conservative background. Um, my parents are first generation. So so I'm the first generation to be born in America. My parents come from the Middle mm. East, which makes it even more difficult to talk about mm. the subject because it's not a commonly discussed subject. So you take the Middle East and you pair it with conservative Christian culture and it's like mm. a double whammy. Um, where I say in the book, sex was so sacred that we never talked about it. It was like so Mm. sacred that it was off the table Mm -hmm. to discuss. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the background that I come from, but I'm so grateful for my degree, my education, being a licensed Mm -hmm. counselor, working with people. You learn really quick that if you want to impact and encourage and help people heal, You've Mm -hmm. got to get comfortable with this conversation because if we are not speaking into it as parents, as a church, as counselors, then the world is speaking into it for us. And that is more damaging and dangerous. Absolutely. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. That is really important to keep in mind. And I think for all of us, you know, I've written a couple blog posts over time where I just say, you know, talk about it as though you're comfortable. Even if you're not, you have to fake yeah. it until you get more comfortable. And so I just really appreciate that. Okay. Well, I want to get real specific for boy moms, for parenting and this topic of married sex and how we can communicate with our kids. But first I would love to just cover briefly, like what is the scope of this book and what are people going to find in it? Maybe how it's laid out. I just love for you to cover yeah. that. Yeah. So I, I kind of say this book is a comprehensive guide about sex in marriage, and it's written by two different, completely different authors. Mm-hmm. So we, we co-authored yep. on this project because Gary is a pastor mm-hmm. and I am a licensed counselor. Gary is a man. I'm a woman. Gary has been married for 40 years. I've been married for 15. So he's been married mm-hmm. almost as long as I've been alive. Yep. And so we come from totally different perspectives, but we join together Um, Because we felt like 
it's important to offer different perspectives on the subject because there's no cookie cutter, one size fits all mm -hmm. approach. Mm -hmm. Every couple is different. Not only that, but we've integrated stories from different couples. So we surveyed over 900 yeah. couples. And then we had a private Facebook group with over 100 couples to really get their perspective and insight and experience and kind mm -hmm. of integrated that throughout so the book. Good. So when you read it, one chapter is by Gary, mm -hmm. one chapter is by me. So, so pastor counselor, pastor counselor, mm -hmm. and we cover everything from the theology of sex as outlined in the Song of Songs, mm -hmm. to the psychology of sex and mm -hmm. the emotional connection, the needs to deal with our past. Um, and then we talk about the practical stuff, like the five senses of sex or or what gets him going, what gets her going, what gets you going. So there's a lot of practical stuff in there. But I think mm -hmm. one thing you'll find is that before we get to the practical, we build the foundation of the emotional and spiritual and relational connection. Mm -hmm. Because uh, mm -hmm. a healthy sex life is really more about what we do above the sheets than it is about what we do under the sheets because our relationship and the health of our relationship is what fuels the health of our sex life. Definitely. Oh, that's really, really important. Um, okay. So early on in the book, you dive into the song of songs. Can you just, for anyone listening, that's just still squirming a little bit of that yeah. the Bible actually covers this topic. Tell us what the Bible has to say about sex. Well, this was fascinating for me. So, so Gary is the theologian of the two of us mm -hmm. and when, when he was writing this first chapter, kind of laying out the biblical foundation, I mean, some people are like, wait, sex and the Bible? Like, mm, does that mm -hmm. actually work together? Right. But it does. And not only that, but, but Gary points out that in ancient terminology, when you call something the something of somethings, mm, for example, mm -hmm. Jesus is the king of kings. He's not just the best king or the greatest king. He is the king of all kings. That elevates him to a, a high level. When you look at scripture, the song of songs, it's the song of all songs. The greatest song is dedicated to a topic of sex. It could have been, we, we could have written a book called the song of songs about prayer or about tithing mm -hmm. or about faith, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's dedicated to intimacy in marriage, mm -hmm. physical intimacy, emotional intimacy, sex. Mm -hmm. And that in and of itself is really telling that God values this subject mm -hmm. and it is important and it is good and it is for us. Mm -hmm. And I think laying that foundation gives us permission to care about the subject as much as God cares about it. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. And, and I love somewhere in there, either you or Gary point out that it's such an amazing book, Song of Songs, because it is very descriptive, very, uh, you know, some of the things that are talked about, if you understand what they're referring to, it's, it's pretty, right. pretty it's graphic, graphic. And yet, how genius that also a child could read it and have really no idea. So I think it's, right. it's a really brilliant book that we probably You don't always don't know what the pomegranates are referring to, <laughs> you know, like there's some things in there that the phrase, my garden, I mean, mm -hmm. there are some things that are about your body, his body, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. in the context of how it's outlined, 
um, a, a child could read it and it's not going to cause trauma. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you know? Truly. I mean, that's, that's really, that makes me appreciate the book so much more when I think about it. Okay. So what are some common misconceptions, or I love this word you use, expectations that Christian couples hold about their sex lives? Yeah. When we were writing this book, uh, Gary had a conversation with a guy on, a, on an airplane and he's like, what's your next book about? And he said, oh, it's about married sex. And the guy says, isn't that an oxymoron? I mean, <laughs> oh, oh, because people think that marriage is where sex goes to die. Like that's mm. kind of the, the, the preconception right. that we have. And I think our culture perpetuates that. It's like, once you get married, it's like downhill from there. These expectations that we have, who knows where they come from? They can come from what we hear. Mm -hmm. They can come from the media. They can come from something we read. They can come from our families. They can come from church culture. They can come mm -hmm. from porn. I mean, yeah. all these expectations we bring into marriage yeah. that are not rooted in the truth. Yeah. And then we, we go into marriage trying to align our sex life to these false expectations, these unhealthy expectations, mm -hmm. rather than aligning our reality mm -hmm. to God's truth, rather yes. than fitting our expectations to what's actually happening in reality. Right. And so some, some false expectations are marriage is where sex goes to die mm -hmm. or or um, sex is just for the man, you know, talk mm -hmm. about a, an expectation that people, they go into marriage thinking this is more for my husband. Mm. No, mm -hmm. it's not. According mm -hmm. to the song of Psalm, the very first verse about sex in, in verse two is about the woman talking about her pleasure in his mm -hmm. kisses, mm -hmm. her pleasure, her delight. Mm -hmm. There's a reason it starts with the woman's pleasure mm -hmm. because God made this for both of us. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes the false narratives are that this is just more for the man or this is, mm -hmm. or another, another false expectation is that we're not going to have any issues. We're not going to have any problems because mm -hmm. that's, yeah. you know, it's, it's supposed to be easy. Right. And then when it's not, we're surprised, we're shocked, mm -hmm. we feel like we've done something wrong, or marry, maybe we've married the wrong person. Mm -hmm. um, and so getting our expectations and our beliefs in order is a really important step in getting to the root of where some of those expectations have come from, sure. and then aligning them to God's truth. Right. Oh, that is so, so good. And I, I love your story of your honeymoon in the book. And um, <laughs> I, I laughed. I might have had a similar experience. But again, this is not my story. This is. Just... <laughs> We're not going I know there. it's funny. I didn't actually share a ton about no. my personal life. There's no, a lot of didn't. stories about other people, but I shared a couple things. And one of them was the chaos of my honeymoon night, because mm -hmm. you assume that just because you wait, it's going to be great. Mm -hmm. But that's mm -hmm. not God's promise. No. God wants us to wait for sex because of what it does within us, because of the character it is building inside of us, the self-control, mm -hmm. the discipline, the, the obedience to him. Mm -hmm. But we assume that it means because I wait, my honeymoon's going to be amazing. I mean, we didn't even figure it out on our honeymoon. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. It and took us a while. I love how you handled it. <laughs> we got <laughs> the great. leftovers out of the fridge and said, you know what? Let's just enjoy this night talking, uh -huh. hanging out, relaxing, I and we'll it. try again another time I love because it. people don't tell you that getting part a 
into part B <laughs> is going to be rather difficult when it's your first time, you know, these, uh, these expectations. And, that and, are false. and what you use to try to make it better. I'll make people go read it in the book, but that, yeah, we <laughs> tried something that ended up causing a scene and being even worse than we expected, but you'll have to go read it to find out what See, we did. There we go. We'll leave people hanging. <laughs> Hey guys, hope you're enjoying this conversation. And I just want to pause real quick to tell you about something cool now available over at the Christian Parenting website. I just received my copy in the mail of Christian Parenting's new Noteworthy Kids Card Set. And it is so cool. This set gives you 50 different encouraging cards to give your kiddos. That's 50 words of positive reinforcement, 50 Bible verses, and 50 different ways to tell your kids that you love and care about them. Now, These are so cute. You have to go over to my show notes to see a picture of them, but they're just designed beautifully. And I love that there's a little space on there to write your own note. But also if you're in a hurry or can't think of what's right to say that day, you can flip through these and find a message that is most fitting or relevant to your child in whatever they're going through. So be sure to grab your Noteworthy Kids card set soon at cpgive.org. That's the letters CP and then give.org. Copies are going fast and I really think you're going to love these. So head on over. I'll have a link in show notes as well. Now let's get back to the show. I'm curious, side question, how has your, I don't know what kind of work your husband does, but how is it being married to someone that talks and writes on this topic? Is he pretty cool and chill about it all? Or what's that like for him? My husband is the word chill definitely describes my husband. <laughs> okay. It is, he is the breaks in the relationship and I'm the gas. Like uh-huh, we need both yeah. to survive. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's, he's a physician. So he's in the medical world, which oh, okay. I think makes it easier because yes. he's got a, a, a comfort level with certain physical things yes. and body parts and anatomy. Right. Um, but I would say I have definitely watched his comfort level change. (laughs) Like we were having a conversation in the car the other day about sex and he even stopped and was like, wow, like five years ago, this would have been really difficult to talk about. And here I am. Like, he's like, I am, you're just making me immune to this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. But you know what? It's true. Your comfort level grows. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a muscle that you Mm -hmm. have to build. And both of us come from childhoods where that muscle was weak. Yeah. We weren't really comfortable talking about this mm-hmm. stuff early on in our marriage. Mm-hmm. But the more we've talked, the more we've set aside time to make it a priority, the more we've opened up and trusted and, and been vulnerable with each other, yeah. the easier it has gotten. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but I do believe that comfort level overflows into the lives of our children. Yeah. Because now that we are more comfortable going there, it's not difficult to talk to them about it. Funny story. My five and nine-year-old were talking the other day about mommy's books. They love kind of talking about the different books I've written. And so they're going through all the different names and they're like, and her newest book is called Married Sex. And they're just so comfortable talking about it. I was like, hey guys, when you go to co-op tomorrow, <laughs> make sure you don't tell all the kids about mommy's new book because some kids aren't quite comfortable with those words and right. they're a little more private. Because I'm like imagining them walking sure. into the five-year-old classroom 
yeah. just talking about married mm-hmm. sex, like it's everybody's business. Yes. <laughs> so, so I had to kind of remind them to use a filter and, and, and maybe say it's a book about marriage because yeah. other five-year-olds aren't necessarily having these conversations, right. right? Right. But it just goes to show you the comfort level for us has also started overflowing into our kids' lives and the atmosphere that we're creating for them to have these conversations. Which is so good. And I'm so glad that you mentioned this because that's what I wanted you to speak into is as I even pondered having this conversation, I'm like, I am all about modeling. I am such a big believer that, you know, our kids pick up more from what we do than what we say. And it's so important to model. And I'm like, how do you model a healthy sex life? in front of your kids. And what, what does that look like? Like, do you have any advice for both just how we model the marriage part to our kids, but also how we communicate with our kids just on this topic? Like, yeah, give us. it's so true. I think what you said is so true. What we do can be more powerful than what we say. Mm. Um, And obviously with sex, it's tricky because there's a, a a whole component of it that they will never see, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, because we there's hope. this, this pride yeah, we hope <laughs> it's like every mom's, every mom's nightmare, totally. lock the doors. <laughs> but at the same time, the, the intimacy and the affection and the love that we share mm-hmm. and the fact that it's, it's healthy and good to be affectionate with one another in front of our kids. Mm-hmm. You know, my kids don't know to say, ew, when mom and dad kiss, mm-hmm. because it's normal to see us yeah. be affectionate and yeah. love each other and mm-hmm. say kind words to each other in front of them. So I think part of the modeling comes from our interactions with the kid in front of the kids and being Mm -hmm. deliberate to show them that healthy affection in marriage is good. Mm. Affection with your words, affection with your touch, affection with your service for one another, you're helping one another, you're a team. All of that goes a long way. And then I also think starting the conversation with them needs to be seen as a lifelong process, not a once and done thing. So, so so age appropriate, we start with the basics, you know, I I love the analogy of, of flowers and pollination Mm. because it helps kids understand, okay, in nature, we see that there's seeds and there's eggs and there's the, the, the process of, of pollinating flowers and, and they start to kind of understand that you need two different types of things to produce and recreate. And then you take it to the next level and you talk about animals and then you take it to the next level and you talk about humans and how God created us. And all of a sudden it's like just a nonchalant conversation because you get to set the tone for whether this conversation is awkward or whether it's basic based on how you share about it with your kids. And so these conversations start from childhood and you add a little bit more detail and a little bit more detail as they get older and as they have the capacity to ask questions. And um, it's a it's a lifelong conversation. Yes. I think the, the biggest problem is when we see the conversation as a once and done, the birds and the bees, it's yeah. one time, yeah. it's awkward, we just get it out of the way <laughs> and we move forward. But that is not no. a healthy conversation no. about sex. No. Oh, that's that's really important. That's just something that maybe was like 
generational, but I think think, so. Yeah. I think it's important to open that up. And I've told people before that I think a lot of moms think that the dads should be the one to have the talk, especially if you have sons. But I've just said, whoever's more comfortable. I mean, my husband is also a physician, but somehow certain topics, he's just not as comfortable bringing up. I'm the talker in the family. And so I've said, I'm not waiting around for him to bring it up all the time. I'm just going to push through the awkward and bring it up. And then he's always happy to join the conversation. But I think it's important that moms know that this doesn't have to be dad's thing. Don't wait for him to take the lead. I 100% agree. Somebody needs to start. And if we wait around for one another, it might never happen in the way that we want it to. If we wait around for the perfect ideal moment, Mm -hmm. it might never come. And so I think the key is starting where you're at, Mm-hmm. asking questions, getting good books, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and just beginning to have these conversations. I, I love, even if, even if one is more comfortable than the other, having both of us there is mm-hmm. a, is a positive, even mm-hmm. if one of us is doing more talking than the mm-hmm. other, mm-hmm. um, and just integrating it into everyday life. You know, right. this is just part of the the journey, part of the conversation, which is so good, but you mentioned books. Do you have any recommendations? I'm guessing you are comfortable enough. You probably haven't had to rely on books, but for somebody that is just super, super uncomfortable bringing this up, do you have any books you would recommend? That is a good question. We could put them in show notes or maybe you should write one. Uh, Yeah, maybe I will. Maybe we need to do a married sex for parents to help teach their kids. What does that look like? 100%. Please do that. But I will say um, I don't actually use many personally but here are a couple that have come up over the years. Um, the wonderful way babies are made okay. is a good starting point that really kind of starts with the biblical foundations, but then mm-hmm. just talks about intimacy. There's even a picture in there of a husband and wife um, just <sighs> being together. You know, I, it's a, it's completely appropriate, yeah. but just to right. kind of give kids a visual of uh-huh. healthy intimacy and, and conversations and verses and, and talking points and, and just really the, the anatomy of what's actually happening. Wow. Another book that I always like to use is good pictures, bad pictures, oh, yes. because when we have the healthy conversation about sex, we always, we always want to talk about um, the other parts too, which is the mm-hmm. things that the world is trying to inform influence and infiltrate and just make sure our kids are prepared. Totally. Um, And I think too, depending on the age and the maturity of the, of the child, it's going to look different. Like people say, is there a perfect age? Well, to be honest, no, my, with my daughter, we kind of started conversations around age eight Mm -hmm. with, with actually talking a little bit more about sex before that. It was just very vague stuff about mm-hmm. pollination and flowers and mm-hmm. plants and, you mm-hmm. know, just helping her understand. But then as she got a little bit older, whereas to be honest, the boys by default have heard things a little bit younger because they're hearing what their older sister is mm-hmm. learning and they know mommy wrote a book called married sex. And so <laughs> like by default, they're hearing things at a little bit of a younger age, but I think there's no magical age, right? but it's something that we need to be praying about and constantly asking the Lord to help us speak into, mm. um, because we want to set the foundation for them. But, but part of it too, is setting the foundation. Like you can ask me anything. We mm. can talk about anything. Nothing mm. is off the table. Mm-hmm. If anything comes up, you can talk to me about it. 
opening the dialogue to have these type of emotional conversations, these conversations mm-hmm. that are a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to lead the way because they don't know that it's okay to talk about it until we start saying, yep. yeah, you know what? You might be wondering this, or mm-hmm. I heard someone say this, or what did you think about that commercial that you saw? Mm-hmm. And I know that you saw, let's talk <laughs> about it, you know, yep. rather than just avoiding it or hoping that it doesn't come up. Right. No, that's awesome. Um, my friend, Carrie Kampakis, who is has the Girl Mom podcast, I read one of her posts that she wrote talking about um, the importance of having conversations with our kids, like you said, before they hear it from someone else or out in the world. And she, I think she heard from, you know, she gives credit to somebody else. I think David Thomas has mentioned it as well, but how it's like first tracks when you're on a mountain and you're skiing down the mountain and how when you are, you know, when it's a, a clear morning, no one's gone down the mountain yet and you make those first tracks they're going to be the deepest. They're going to be the ones that can be followed easily. And how, when we have these conversations with our kids, we want to put the first tracks because whatever we that. talk about is what they're going to always come back to and remember. And so if we give them their first understanding of healthy sex, of married sex, of what God's design is for sex, I just see how that is their first tracks then. And then the world can give them other messages, but the first tracks are going to be the ones that really stick. So that's what motivates I me love to that. say, yeah, don't wait. Don't wait till you have to correct. Because it's so much harder to correct and undo yeah. Yeah. than it is to lay the groundwork. And one thing, one reason I think the book Married Sex is so important is because unfortunately for many adults, we haven't had the tracks mm, laid no. properly for us. Yeah. And we have to undo some of the messages so yeah. that we can overflow yes. healthy, good, powerful, appropriate, truthful messages mm. about the subject. Mm. So for many of us as adults, we're going backward yeah. so that we can move forward. We're mm. dealing with some of the things that may mm. not have been the healthiest, the wisest. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. some of us have abuse in our background Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. false messages about sex that we've learned Mm -hmm. or, or a silent generation above us who didn't speak a word into the subject. Right. Right. And we've got to undo some of that and relearn so that we can teach the generation behind us, the next generation. And I love that idea because to me, it's like, we get to change the legacy. We get to change the narrative, no matter Mm -hmm. what we've come from, Mm -hmm. we get to decide that we're going to do things differently. It doesn't just happen automatically. We've got to sometimes work against the grain in order to pour out a healthy message to our Mm -hmm. children and and to the next generation. I love that. Okay. Before we close, I would love for you to touch on if there's somebody listening that just is like struggling in marriage in general, maybe, maybe their marriage is just going through a rough season. Maybe they're feeling distance. Um, whatever it might be, can you share some, just from your counseling experience, your professional life, some of the things that relate to a sex life or how our sex life really um, affects or just that, that relationship between the general health of your marriage and your sex life? Yeah. Well, first I'll start by saying that when you have kids, it is really easy for marriage to kind of take a back seat you know? And I think we think it's for a season. It's like right now we're so busy, the schedules, the kids, the, the, the babies, the, the, the school events, the sports, whatever it is. It's like, we, we tend to allow our children to take over everything. They kind of infiltrate everything. And 
The problem is when we have our priorities backward, we're going to end up hurting them because when our marriage is not healthy, that's what pours out to them of what relationships look like, of what marriage looks like. And what we don't realize is that we're affecting their future when what we're modeling to them is a disconnect in our relationship, unhealthy communication, an inability to forgive, explosive arguments in front of them, parents who don't connect or don't talk or sit on opposite sides of the room and never interact. What we're doing is actually making our children's future more difficult. We're, we're, we're modeling to them unhealthy things. Mm. And so though we think we're prioritizing our kids, totally. we're actually hurting them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I and so making more. that shift mentally to realize when I prioritize my marriage, yeah. I am helping my children establish healthy relationships for the yeah. long haul. I am burning into their mind. I am imprinting into their brain what healthy marriage looks like. And it's never too late to start that process. Mm -hmm. It is never too late to say, what is one step I need to take to making my marriage better? For many of us, that first step starts with our own hearts, the things I need to work on, my own deficits, character flaws, past wounds, past baggage, insecurities. Mm -hmm. I got to start on me and then I can start working on my relationship. For some people, that's going to look like counseling. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe, maybe you need a season of counseling because you are so empty and you are just giving out of your emptiness mm -hmm. and God wants to take you aside and allow you to have a season of getting filled up so that you're giving out of your overflow. I think as moms, yeah. we have a tendency to run on empty. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And to give out of our emptiness. But giving from our emptiness does not equal healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. And so for I believe maybe there's a mom out there listening, and that's where she needs to start. Mm -hmm. By understanding what it looks like to fill herself up by allow, allowing God to fill her up, counseling, maybe even medication, maybe taking time to go to the gym, maybe taking the time to, to just invest in allowing God to pour into me, to, into mm -hmm. my spiritual life, into my community, so mm -hmm. that I am filled up enough to take care of my marriage, to take care of my children, to take care of my sex life. Mm -hmm. um, so I just want to give you permission to allow God to fill you up and ask yourself, what does that next step look like for me so that I'm not giving out of my emptiness? Wow. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. I'm sure that there's a whole lot of moms who are resonating with what you're saying. So thank and you. And you know what? This applies to our sex life too, because when you feel like you're giving sex out of emptiness, it's just one more thing to give mm, Yeah. rather than seeing it as something for me for right. me. This is for me to get filled. This is for me yeah. to be blessed. Mm -hmm. And so when we're giving out of our emptiness, we're, we are going to struggle. And so that's where it has to start for a lot of us moms out there. Right. Thank you so much for that. Can you close us by telling us a hallmark of a healthy sex life? I think for anyone listening, this would be a good conversation to ha just have with your husband. Just say, I just listened to a podcast today. This is what I learned about a healthy sex life. Where are we on that? And because you do talk a lot in the book about just having the conversations, just yeah. communicating, right? Because it all starts with communicating. And um, so, yeah, what's tell us a hallmark of a healthy sex life. 
Yeah, communication is so key. And we, in one section of the book, we even outline for you how to talk about it, what to ask. I've heard of couples who put this on Audible and they listen together. One of them reads, the other listens, and they stop and press pause and then talk about it. This is a book that is meant to bring out questions more than anything, questions that you can have together. Does this apply to you? Do you really think this conversation, communication, and mutuality? Those are the three things that I think are so important. Conversation about the subject, communication about your needs, and mutuality in in realizing that this is not just for him. This is for both of us. This is my needs and his needs, my desires and his desires, my pleasure and his pleasure. This is for us to connect Um, and, and seeing it as that, seeing it as this opportunity to serve our marriage, to connect and to, and and to fuel our intimacy, both above the sheets and Mm -hmm. under the sheets. Mm, Beautiful. Thank you so much. I appreciate everything that you have put into this book as well well as you. Yeah. I mean, and if people want to hear a whole lot more, your podcast, you don't hold back. <laughs> yeah, you can find more on the po- we Gary and I did a sex series where uh-huh. people called in with their questions. Yep. My podcast is called Love and Relationships with Deborah Faleda. Mm-hmm. And it's a hotline style show. People call in and we answer questions. Um, you can find more about me and the podcast. My Instagram is Deborah Faleda, F-I-L-E-T-A. And my website is truelovedates.com. And then um, you can find out more about the book at marriedsex.us. Awesome. We'll be linking to all that in show notes as well. So thank you. Well, thank you for having me. And thank you for being courageous enough to have these conversations. (laughs) You bet. It's so much fun. All right. You take care. Aloha. You too. Bye-bye. guys. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you're inspired to have some great conversations. And uh, there's going to be links to everything we talked about over in show notes, which can always be found at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. And this is episode 144. So um, thanks for your time. Thanks for being here. I hope you're telling your friends about the Boy Mom Podcast. We have been getting more and more downloads every month. And I'm just so encouraged to see this community grow. So thank you for your rating and reviews. Of course, if you haven't left one yet over at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, I would love it if you would do that. Um, Also, find lots of articles and so many resources on my website at monicaswanson.com. There's blog links, article links, lots of stuff, free things. Just go have a look around. Be sure to say hi. I love to hear from you. And if you've got a request for another topic for the upcoming episodes, please don't hesitate to email me. Go ahead and do that at aloha at monicaswanson.com. All right. Thanks for being here. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha. Aloha.